No Content is a podcast hosted by Pixel and Kubo that brings you through the inner ramblings of whatever they want to talk about for roughly an hour. If you'd like to follow Pixel, you can check them out on Twitch at pixel underscore pusher 101 or on Twitter at pixel pusher 101. You can also follow Kubo at twitch.tv slash ryankubo, twitter.com slash ryankubo, instagram.com slash ryankubo, and youtube.com slash shigeos, S-H-I-G-E-O-S, Twitch TV, if you want to see VODs of any of the episodes. If you guys are not on audio or on a different type of audio, remember that we are on all audio platforms, including Spotify and iTunes. If you guys want to ever email us, you can email us at nocontentpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your insight onto the podcast, questions, or just fan mail of critiques or criticisms. You can also use the Fortnite creator code, Ryan Kubo, in all caps, R-Y-A-N-K-U-B-O, when you check out for any game on the Epic Creator Store, whether that be a game or through a microtransaction to help support this podcast. Also, check your show notes below or the description below, depending on where you're watching or listening to this podcast, to check out other podcasts that Kubo hosts as well. We hope you guys enjoy this episode. Hey guys, welcome back to No Content. I'm really old because I'm 29 now. That's Pixel. He's 34. Sup, guys? Almost 35. Oh, yeah, almost 35. Pog in like a week or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that's crazy. Sup, Pixel? How's it been, man? How's, how's the week been treating you? Oh, it's been all right. I've actually been uh, playing this new game that I got a couple days ago. What? Oh, gosh, this is the game that you were trying to... Con- this was like the game that like got really bad reviews, and I watched you play it on Discord, and it was really it looked really dumb, no. to be honest. Or is this another <laughs> no. one? I, I got over that game. <laughs> okay, good. What game, what game did you get? Uh, so well, the first off, the the game that Ryan's talking about is Dying Light, and I played that yeah, for a little while. Bad. It there is some really janky mechanics in that game that I didn't right. like. Um, it felt like a scuffed version of Apex Legends, like the way you moved around, like like because you can slide, but it's kind of like half a slide. It looked it's like a that... scuffed version of what was that co-op game, like Zombie Island or something? Do you remember the game? It was like co-op uh, four player, first yeah. person. Was uh, it like Dead, Dead Island or something? Dead Island or something. It looked like that. That game had a lot of promise too. That game sucked. Yeah, like I like the whole premise of like surviving after a zombie apocalypse and you know kind of like building up a base and you know collecting stuff. I like that idea. Right. It wasn't really you know drawing me in because it didn't really feel like I was building anything. Right. It didn't right. really feel like it had that progression. Plus, like the combat sucked. Yeah, for um, sure. Okay, so what's the new game? What's the new game then? Uh, it's called The Long Dark. Okay, this already sounds bad. I'm probably just <laughs> you, judging. You, yeah, you don't like any of the games I play. True. <laughs> not not false. And you know what? I think I'm alone in all this because I the games that I like, very few people actually like can say, Oh, I've, I've seen that this game. game. I've yeah. seen this game. It, it looks okay. It looks it, it it's okay so far. Like I've played maybe like ten hours of it. So it has far. better ratings than the dark the dark game or whatever. The dying light game. Yeah. It's um it's pretty good if you really really like like hardcore survival type I stuff. I don't like this artwork. I actually liked it. I don't like it. I don't like. I don't know. It looks like I don't know. I just don't like it. It's really colorful. Um, it kind of clashes with the whole theme of just like survival and just like this bleak empty world with no one in it right right um, because it's also like post-apocalyptic is it um, zombies too no so like there's no zombies in the game the only enemies are wolves and bears okay okay and so like 
when something attacks you, like you actually, you know, it's actually shocking and like scary. Okay. Because they'll they'll like hunt you, they'll chase you, and like you know attack you for food because they're all hungry. Yeah. Um, and you just have to either run, hide, try and fight them off somehow, all while just you know trying to find food in this um, completely barren like um, Canadian town. Right. Right. I mean, I um, guess I guess that makes sense. I mean, it yeah. looks it looks neat or whatever. It looks better I, than like what you were playing, I guess. Yeah, I I like the idea, and I kind of want to find that perfect game with with ha- that all has all the the mechanics that I want, like with survival and you know trying trying to build a base, you know, and just like um, growing growing it out. So far, like the only games that have really like um, scratched that itch are RimWorld. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I know that you're so, pretty like a uh, you were pretty into that game. It's yeah, it's fun. It's got that. It's got kind of like everything that I want. Right, right. I mean, for sure, for sure. How much did you pay for the game? Was did you get on sale or like how did you find the game too? Uh, I found through um this other streamer that I watch um that plays RimWorld and he was playing The Long Dark one day and I was like, oh yeah, that's kind of cool because that streamer usually plays like the the kind of games that I like. Right. So I was like looking into it, but uh, no, I didn't get it on sale. Right. I mean. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I guess that I guess that makes sense or whatever. Um, I mean, that streamers are really powerful at like selling games for people. You know what I mean? It like, really, they it, really it actually, are. Like the influence they have is like, uh, yeah, the influence they have is like pretty powerful, and I don't think people like really mm-hmm. realize that. You know what I mean? Yeah, because like I don't read game reviews anymore. Like. All, all the game magazines and stuff like that, they kind of like went the way of the dodo. Like I used to go to, you know, PC Gamer and stuff to get reviews. And I don't really have a magazine or anything like that. And online articles, I'm not really, you know, too trusting of them. Right, yeah, um, I'm not either. There's only like a handful of people that I'm actually like really into or whatever. Yeah, and so like the thing that I turn to nowadays to see if a game is good is if um, there's a streamer playing it or, or there's like a YouTube Let's Play. And I'll watch yeah. someone go through the actual gameplay of it and kind of see like whether it'll click with me. Yeah, and the, that's yeah. yeah, that's how I you know buy games now. The only uh, YouTuber that I watch um, to really tell me if a game is really good or bad right now is a guy by the name of Skill Up on YouTube or whatever. He has some, he has some pretty good reviews. He's actually been blacklisted by a lot of like the gaming like companies. Because oh, like really? he's actually talked bad about their games. Basically, like what he does, which I think is pretty commendable, is he'll have like his first impressions will be re- so like most people, it's like the game will be released and it's like this is my review of like Red- let's say Red Dead Redemption Two. He's like this is my review mm-hmm. of Red Redemption Two. When the game's like first released, he'll play it for like a couple weeks and that will actually be like his first impression. Then after like a month or so out uh, out of the game, he'll actually do his like final review. Mm. of the game because if you guys didn't know what a lot of game companies are doing right now to circumvent and get around uh people streaming it and people uh you know reviewing it on youtube is they're not adding microtransactions to the game initially until the hype dies down so if you guys remember Mm. with red dead redemption uh 2 online it didn't have any microtransactions when it first came out and people are like oh this game's really fun it's really fair there's no microtransactions and kind of after the hype of the game died down and like everyone had bought the game pretty much uh mm-hmm. it's like pretty heavily microtransactions now like very like, yeah. very badly yeah. and like the same thing happened with like cod so that's what he does and he gets like uh, he's been like blacklisted by like a lot of companies <laughs> because of that because he'll just like call him out for like 
that type of stuff or whatever, like microtransactions or like he'll go through like the process of like how much it costs to do stuff and all this stuff. Right. So, he, so he doesn't get like a review copy. He gets like uh, he has a buy a retail copy. Yeah, I mean, he it. doesn't get a review copy of most games nowadays or whatever. I think it was like with Red Dead Redemption Two, there was like money and there was gold. You could do dailies for gold, which take you like three hours every day or something, two or three hours every day. Sure. But then like some, and you pay in like gold bars, but you don't get paid in like a full gold bar. You get paid in like point three gold dust or whatever. <laughs> it's like one one per one. You know, after you get to like point one zero, it turns into one gold bar. And like right. some guns you can only buy with gold. They're like 300 gold bars for like these guns or like the only way to obtain them is through gold. Like there's no other way to like speed that process up. You can't exchange right. like cash for gold, like et cetera, et cetera. And so like he just like brings that type of stuff to light. I uh-huh. know that like he mentioned the same thing with like COD, the last COD game with the Black Ops when that first came out, didn't have microtransactions. Then they like added them into even like the zombies mode. So there's like microtransactions mm-hmm. to make like potions that like buff your character stats and stuff like that. So I mean, yeah, like he uh, he's pretty like reasonable or whatever. Like he pretty much hit the nail on the nail on the head for me with like Borderlands Three. Like he did a pretty mm-hmm. solid review of like Borderlands Three and like was pretty. He actually liked it. He his basically his takeaway with it was was like frust- frustratingly fun. <laughs> was basically how he said how it was or whatever uh for like a number of reasons so i thought you know okay and he pretty much like hit the nail in the coffin with like what it meant for the game or whatever what he did and didn't like about that game like cheesy dialogue hasn't really matured mm-hmm. in eight years like graphics have improved story's pretty weak for what it is stuff like that mm-hmm. so i like that yeah you know i i like people who are really really honest with uh games reviews because yeah that's kind of like how I feel with a lot of games reviews. It's hard to pick the ones that are not like obviously sponsored by the game companies, you know? Right. It's, like, it's it's so hard because your whole your whole shtick is selling game reviews. But you don't wanna, you know, make the game companies mad because otherwise you won't be able to release a review right. um, as early as other people do. So you always want to get on the good side. Yeah. I think there's a there was um I don't know, there was a scandal a while back. I think, I can't remember what website it was, but um, they were caught, uh, I believe, taking money or something from game companies. And in return, they would never review a game less than a seven. Oh, yeah. I mean, that makes like a lot of sense, to be honest. Yeah. So, like, you know, an eight and above is like the magic number you know, <laughs> for a game. So, right. like, they would never ever review anything under a seven. And it, like, really destroyed the reputation. Yeah, I don't know if you ever watched like Donkey's thing on like game reviewers or whatever, too. But like, uh, he kind of like it's like a ten minute video, but he kind of nailed nailed it too. Like one of the things too is like if you ever watch like an IGN or GameSpot um, Mm -hmm. video, like very briefly, like somewhere in the first like minute, it will show you like who's reviewing the game, and every time it's like a different person, but they use the same guy to like voice over the review, Mm. so it seems like it's the same guy. But like somewhere mm-hmm. on the video, it's like our rev- game played by like Ant or game played and uh, review written by Andrew blah blah blah, and then like the next game will be like game played and reviewed by Nancy so and so, and like they mm-hmm. always like it's always like a different reviewer, and I think like he said with like IGN or GameSpot, it was like a hundred or two hundred people have like reviewed games like on their channel or whatever, but it's like the mm-hmm. same dude voiceovering every single time, so it makes it seem like it's the same person. Right, right. Um, and then also, like, he, like, looked into, like, basically, like, the reason why they do that is because they, like, uh, purposely select people who it's like, oh, I really like platformers. Like, okay, give them all the Mario games. Like, oh, I really like RPGs. Like, okay, well, give them all the 
Zelda games or RPG type of games. Oh, I really like dungeon crawlers. And so like, it's pretty interesting. Like he kind of nailed on the head too, where he mm-hmm. was like uh, saying that, like, at least with me and like angry Joe and skill up and stuff, like, you know, it's coming from like a reliable source. It's coming from us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like regardless right. of like, uh, if we're being paid off for it, which he was like, I don't get paid off for this stuff. Like I don't, you know, I don't get sponsored by it or whatever. Like at least like, you know, it's coming from me. You know what I mean? Every single time. You know what I mean? So yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. So yeah, I don't, I don't really like, like the whole game review thing either. Like I, I just, yeah, I, I just totally ignore it usually or try to. <laughs> yeah. And it goes back to what you said before. Like the most trusted sources are just actual streamers and YouTube um, YouTubers. They yeah. don't even need to commentate on the game itself. You can just watch them play it and you can get an idea of like the good things about it, the bad things about it and whether it's right for you. Like you don't even need to yeah Listen to them. even with streamers all right with streamers especially like yeah they can be uh they could also be like um sponsored but you know like i think like because of like stuff that's happened in the past probably with like scandals and stuff like i feel like on, at least on twitch i don't know about youtube because i don't really watch youtube that much but i feel like twitch streamers are way more transparent to be like hashtag ad or hashtag mm-hmm. sponsored stream or whatever. So for me, yeah. usually what it is is like I'll jump in. Like let's say like a lot of people are in COD right now, or like they were sponsored with COD like a week ago or so. Um, mm-hmm. Like the, I'll watch the sponsored stream. It's like oh okay, like it's obviously sponsored. Like oh it looks fun to me at least. Like it, it's hard to fake reactions and fake being hyped. I feel like on stream rather mm-hmm. than like on YouTube. But then like you know right now like it's monday i think they got their review copies on thursday and the sponsored streams like ended like i think on saturday or sunday so now is like the time when like if i still see like a certain streamer that i like like still playing the game and they don't have like hashtag sponsored or hashtag add in in their title mm-hmm. like it more than likely means they actually think it's like a pretty good game yeah and, it's like it's and, great and like it or whatever so yeah. i think that that's like a, that's a good indicator for me if i like might enjoy the game or whatever but overall, I'm pretty picky with like the games that I wanna I wanna play because there's just so much like filth that you have to kind of like shovel through or whatever, mm-hmm. try to get what get like what uh what I want or whatever. Yeah, and it's part of the reason why I just I don't really buy new games anymore. I yeah. usually wait a long time before I buy a game. Usually, like I wait for it to go on sale, or if it's like a few even years after a game's released, I'll be like, okay, you know what, I'm gonna check twitch to see like if anybody's still playing this game yeah um, or even just watch or, past vods like when you go to the browse channel you can see like video instead of like live channels or whatever i do that yeah. sometimes too yeah yeah so like honestly like i i usually just wait i i don't think i bought a new game in a really long time yeah the the thing is too is a lot of streamers especially like variety streamers need to like basically just like shovel through all the filth because like they have to fill like eight hours a day right so there's mm-hmm. just like some games that come out that are like I feel like they seem like they're popular, but realistically they're probably not. Like I know mm-hmm. this happened with like for a little bit. I know this happened with like I, I believe it was Jump King. It was like that game that was kind of like Get Over, but you were like a blue knight and you you all you could do is like move left and right and jump with spacebar. You had to like uh-huh. climb a mountain, and like I remember like XQC had like you know thirty thousand viewers. Like a bunch of big streamers were streaming it, and then I went to go like look how many people were actually playing on Steam. And it was like less than four hundred. You know what I mean? <laughs> like this, like it wasn't you know that great of a game. And I feel like I'm gonna roast it because I've already been talking to like people about it already or whatever. But like there's this games that will come that become like a meme or something, and it becomes like a game that like Twitch chat likes or something or streamers like it or whatever. 
But like for mm-hmm. example, the game that's like clear in my mind is like this new goose game, Untitled Goose Game. Yeah. Like I personally would never like I get like people's argument for it like it looks fun, it, it's artistically uh pleasing or whatever, but like I looked at the price, it's like on sale right now for 15 bucks, normally $20. Mm-hmm. apparently the game takes like two hours to be like why would i ever play that game like cool you got, you want to buy that game that's awesome but this is why i, I skip yeah. a lot of games too because some yeah. games it's just like i don't know why i would ever just buy this like that seems kind of a ripoff you know what i mean yeah and i'm like on the fence about actually watching streams of people playing this because if i watch them then i have no real desire to play this game because part of it is the the puzzle solving and like um just right. pretending to be it's, it's a little sandboxy in right. that like you just pretend to be a goose and you're just right. like honking all the time um there's like a little fun in that just like playing role-playing that goose right um so i feel like yeah if i watch a stream it's gonna be over in two hours and i'm not gonna get the, the fulfillment and fun out of, out of playing it yeah I, I also in my opinion i feel like games like this game like this goose game and also games like getting over though are also kind of created for like twitch like for twitch chat like it's oh, yeah. for streamers for sure. Like, let's say even if this goose game—no offense—I don't know who the developer is. Even if this game was like five dollars, I don't know if I would buy it still because it just seems like a game that like it looks okay. Like it looks like a good game. I'm not faulting it on that, but like I don't know how much fun I would have it like not streaming it to people. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. like kind of sitting there, just like tapping away, like trying to do stuff or like getting over it. Like heck no, why would I ever play that like off stream? You know what I mean? Like that just seems like a game you have to play on stream. So yeah, yeah. There's, like there's also that as well, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think there's um there's like social games, I like to call them. There's games that you can play with other people in the room and they can enjoy, you know, watching you play as well. Right. Um so like heavy story games like um, you know, Detroit Become Human or like something like that. Uh Heavy Rain. People can watch these games and get like satisfaction out of watching along. Right. So, yeah. I think I think the Goose game just kind of falls into that category. Right, right. Um, I guess moving on from games order, I mean, TwitchCon's sat, uh, Friday? Is it Thursday or Friday? Yeah. I don't even know, man. I mean, like, you can pick up your badge on Thursday, That's so I crazy. guess it's TwitchCon. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we have much to add, ab- add about it, but I'm pretty excited. I guess I'm pretty excited for in. I'm pretty excited for it. I mean, I'm pretty excited for you going again. Um, I mean... Yeah. Uh, I'm stoked. Yeah, I mean, for me, I don't... I don't know, man. I've gotten so used to not going that for me like going now would be like weird <laughs> like if that makes <laughs> any sense you know what i mean like mm-hmm. this is the third twitch con i believe that i'm missing out on second or third twitch con i'm missing out on wow um the the ones that i did go before i only went for one day so it wasn't like i was there i've never gone like all three days um there's kind of a meme in my twitch chat and kind of with like my friends online that i'll never buy a three-day pass until i'm partnered on twitch <laughs> which is probably never going to happen, let's be real. But who knows if that day will ever happen. Probably not, let's be real. But I don't think I'll ever get a three-day pass. I'm just, I don't know. I, I think for me, and like I can't really speak about it uh, in general, but like for me, and Pixel knows this, I think my situation is pretty unique uh, when it comes to like behind-the-scenes stuff. I hope mm-hmm. Pixel knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I just feel like, uh, TwitchCon is just wouldn't be fun for me because my memories come from like outside of TwitchCon, if that makes sense. Um, but then oh, it's yeah. also just like the convention for me. Like I can totally understand it if like you've never gone, you want to meet your your favorite streamer. That's cool. That's awesome or whatever. But um, for me, it's just like 
I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting older. I I I've, I just kind of had the same feeling every TwitchCon or whatever, even since the first one. I've just been disappointed with the show floor. I've been disappointed with just... Uh, I think it also comes from me kind of having to moderate stuff and dealing with stuff behind the scenes, but I've also just kind of been disappointed with the company when it comes to, like, how the convention is managed, and I don't know if that will ever get bigger uh, bigger or better um, <laughs> as well sometimes with, at least regarding TwitchCon, I mean, like, the organization of it and stuff like that. Right. And so every time I've gone, it's just been, like, such a hassle. You You finally get in. It's, like, nothing really to do. Like, okay, maybe you can snipe a streamer and say hi. Like, it is cool to, like, see people, but every time, you know, like, every time we've gone to TwitchCon, it's been so incredibly hard to get to meet up with people because the cell reception sucks or the location sucks or something's bad about right, the venue. Right. This has never happened at BlizzCon with us. Like, it's always been, like, really good at BlizzCon. You know what I mean? There's always stuff mm -hmm. to do at BlizzCon. I feel like TwitchCon, I'm mostly just standing around in a circle, chatting away. I don't know. It, it's yeah, just not, it's yeah. just not for me. Um... I, I mean, I can yeah. totally see that. I'd rather go um, to a PAX or a Comic-Con or a BlizzCon. That's all I'm saying. For me personally, more power yeah. to Pixel for going, more power to anyone who <laughs> wants to go to TwitchCon over those. That's cool. I just don't think it's really my thing. Yeah. You know, I think what would make TwitchCon um, better for you is if they did some sort of reveal at TwitchCon, like a games reveal, I mean. Like, oh, they're announcing a new game or, you know, they're announcing something, anything, really. Yeah. Because... If you look at all those other conventions that you mentioned, they actually do reveals there. They, yeah. they reveal information about games. They give you information. Um, it's a special event. Right. And this and, doesn't feel like a yeah. special event. This just like I feel like I've said this multiple times, but I said this the first time I went to TwitchCon San Diego and we kind of I talked about it on a podcast I had guest start on. But I basically told them and none of them agreed with me. So whatever. But I pretty <laughs> much said that it just felt it just felt crappy in the sense that it just felt like a zoo. Like, it felt like, mm -hmm. pay this money to come to this, like, overcrowded place and, like, gawk and kind of take pictures of, like, your of your favorite streamers. And From these streamers park. are just kind of there to, like, dance like a monkey or something. Uh, yeah, because you know? I, I, I think I described TwitchCon as kind of like a zoo, like, a while back, because okay, cool. it really is like that. Yeah, um, and I'm just, I'm just not that type of person to be, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm a realist, so... I, he, like my per this is my personality and pixel knows this like on on an online community i'm very like not shy i would say but i just don't care in the sense that like if i'm in a big streamer's chat like i'm not usually talking like i'm mostly lurking mm -hmm. because like chat flies by like a mile a minute and and right. usually someone has already said something that i want to say anyway so i mostly communicate and talk in smaller streams um as well or streams that I'm, i've kind of built a the stream started small i built with the community and it's gotten bigger and so for me, like realistically, like at TwitchCon or, or these type of conventions where you're supposed to meet a streamer, I'm more of a realist in the sense like, yeah, it would be cool to meet, I don't know, so-and-so, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. let's say Pixel's super big streamer, like, it'd be cool to meet Pixel, but realistically, the, it's going to be 35 seconds of like, oh my gosh, hey, what's up? Can I take a picture with you? Like, they clearly don't remember who I am or know me unless like I'm mm -hmm. very involved in the community, take a picture with Pixel and it's like, okay, cool. And that's it. And I, yeah, I don't yeah. find those interactions like meaningful. I like... The Twitch cons that I've gone to where like I've gone to like a mod dinner or I've gone to a meetup and it's like I can actually sit down and actually have like real conversations with the people for like longer than 20 minutes, like, you know, five minutes. Sure. Those have been always the good memories to me. But, you yeah, know, just yeah. running into a streamer or something at like a Twitch con has never been like meaningful to me. And so for me, it's just like, yeah, I don't know. No, I, I totally get it because like 
that meeting of a streamer for like 20, 30 seconds or whatever, it's actually kind of the opposite of what Twitch is, which is building right. communities. Mm -hmm. It's those kind of like meaningful connections you have between people um, in the community or between yourself and the streamers. And having that 20 and 30 seconds, it's not, it's kind of like, it's not what Twitch is about. It's right. cool to say you were a part of that and just like, you know, you know, have a picture to prove it. But right. like, yeah, I mean, a lot of people are looking for those deeper connections. Yeah. And, and like I said, this is a very unique situation for me, like specifically. So I'm not saying that like any of you guys that are going to be like, but Ryan, you can hang out with like people that you don't know. It's like, well, luckily Pixel lives pretty close by to me. Like luckily I know other people like within the Twitch community that live pretty close by to me as well, where we hang out outside of like TwitchCon. So for me, it's like even TwitchCon, it's not this thing where I can go to once a year. It's like, I'm never going to see these people again for another year. It's not like that for me. I'm in a very unique situation. So for right. me, it's like, Eh, I'm kind of like, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? It, it just yeah. whatever to me. So I, I don't know. That's kind of my feelings about TwitchCon. I also feel like, yes, it's a meme, but it, I think TwitchCon would be better for me and probably for most people, actually. I don't want to say just me, but probably for most people if they were partnered. <laughs> Let's be real here, <laughs> just because of the events you can get into or whatever. Oh, shit. Um, oh, I think, I think even... I'm surprised, I should say, that TwitchCon doesn't realize this as well. But a lot of the like TwitchCon part, like the partner, like TwitchCon hosts a partner party, which always gets overcrowded. But I think I was looking at it, and there's like eight to nine after parties that are happening this year, maybe even more, that are happening this weekend of TwitchCon that are partner only. Affiliates will not be able to get in. General public will not be able to get into these parties, etc. No plus ones either. No plus ones. Uh, uh, plus ones to some of them are allowed. Um, mm. I believe there's a Discord partner party only. There's a Streamlabs partner party only. There's a Stream Elements partner party only. There's a Fortnite partner party. Like, there's all these things where it's like affiliates or just general population can't get into or whatever. And mm -hmm. so for me, like that would be way cool if I could go to those, but I can't. So I go to the convention, but there's nothing to do on the floor. And it's people that I always hang out with. And I don't know. So for me, it's just not my thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Like, if you're part of the partner crew, like, you get catered to. Like, there's no question about it. Oh, yeah, like, and I would love, I would love also. that. That would be fun because a lot of my friends are partners um, that I know IRL or, like, online or whatever, and that would be really cool to hang out with them in that setting. But then it's, like, mostly, like, <laughs> oh, okay, I'm just going to get ditched, and what do I do now? <laughs> I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So it's just yeah. not for me, man. But maybe, maybe yeah. next year. Maybe. I always say that. I always say that. Maybe next year. Yeah, maybe maybe it'll be like close by, and you know, if, if it stops moving one of these years. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I totally get you because um, like you have um your circle of friends, and they don't need to be at a convention to like see them. Like whereas you know, I have a lot of people that I know right. that are outside of the of the LA area, mm -hmm. and like they are coming in from out of town mm -hmm. that I actually do see once a year. Right? So, yeah, for like, sure. For me, it's like it's a it's actually an event. Um, so. Mm -hmm. I, I can totally understand like um, your situation because it is definitely unique. So um, yeah, it's, it's it's different structure, different folks. I, I think it's still going to be a zoo. It's still going to be just like a place where you can gawk at people. Um, definitely. From afar yeah. and bring your telephoto lens, or you can like sneak <laughs> a pic from a bush or something like I that. I just yeah, I just think I just hope that the people remember last year. Last year was crap. Oh. Location was I heard not that good, and then I, I mean San Diego cool. I'm glad that it's like a way better location. Parking is gonna be a nightmare, and then also just like 
um at least there's more stuff to do at night and stuff like that which is cool yes but man it is i hope i hope i pray for you people that it's easy for you guys to get your tickets this year it's 10 hours 10 hour pre-line so hopefully you guys can grab them pretty quickly or whatever i mm -hmm. also hope you guys can get in the first day if you guys don't remember it was about a six hour average wait time last year some of our friends didn't even get in or whatever after waiting the whole day in the heat i mean it was bad yeah. i what did i do to get in i somehow managed to skip the line Huh. Interesting. Your pass <laughs> is now revoked. <laughs> Hide my name real quick. Yeah, I know. But um, no, I, I, yeah, I remember seeing the lines. It was miserable. I think I went like a day um, after they had did the pre-line. There was like a pre-line on Thursday, I think. Yeah. But I went the day after. And I, uh, everybody had already gotten their badges. And so the lines to pick up badges were really, really short. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I didn't really have a problem. I'm hoping, yeah, that's going to be okay this right. year. Convention center is going to be like three times as big. And there's in, more than in one theory. <laughs> they don't just use one hall. Let's be theory. real here. Let's just hope they have enough people like actually, you know, scanning we'll see, barcodes. We'll um, um, I also want to yeah. say that it's going to be interesting for you because I want to know what your take is on this year's TwitchCon, especially just what your experience is like just hanging out with people as well mm -hmm. as like being in the convention. Because for you, for people who yeah. don't know, this is going to be the first time that Pixel is really going to be, I guess, at quote unquote at TwitchCon all three mm -hmm. days or whatever. Because most of the time you're doing events off site, which was like a lot of fun and a lot of bonding and a lot of hanging out. But you're yeah. not doing that this year. So I want to see what your perspective is on it, because this is pretty much going to be like your first, quote unquote, your first time going to TwitchCon. That's going to be like all new. So I want to see if you come yeah. back with the same sentiment as me, because I know you're going to be rolling with a group of people, as most people do. But even then, I feel like realistically, how often are you going to see, you know what I mean? How often are you guys going to talk to someone or see somebody or hang out with someone for a long period of time once again? You know what I mean? Right. Or what you guys are really going to do. You know what I mean? Even if it is something off-site, uh, I'm curious. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to be as structured or planned as you had in previous years, right? So I'm curious right. to see, like, what your takeaway is from, from TwitchCon. If you, I, I feel like already, you're. I'm assuming, you're not going to like it as much. because, uh, But it's still going to be fun in its own way. But I just kind of want to see what your takeaway is uh, for this year especially. Because you're going to yeah, be more... You're going to be more leashed to the con you know what i mean if that makes sense <laughs> tied down to it's the con itself yeah definitely like it's going to be like the central focal point where like you know all the events kind of take place yeah and so yeah it's going to be really different i'll see how it feels after three days of this con and whether i'm burnt out by the end yeah but, um yeah we'll see what happens i think it's going to be i think i think it'll be fun i think yeah. uh i'm going to be having enough you know group events with people that we can keep it interesting. Oh yeah, I would assume so. I mean, just it's just like even that's another thing for me is like I've only when I did go to uh, TwitchCon, I only went I think for one day, and I felt like I had my fill. I had opportunities to go like, you know, the Friday or Sunday, but I would just get a Saturday pass yeah. and I would just kind of have my fill or whatever. Um, yeah. It does really suck though now because they did make it so this year you had to buy a three day pass if you wanted to go to the that party. Yep. And I think that's really stupid. Um, that's really stupid. But I mean, I might have mm -hmm. to do that again for like next year. Just like buy the three day pass just so I can go to the party, but still yeah. only go on Saturday or whatever. Yeah, because really I'm just sucks. not really, in, you know, unless it's super close. You know, I'm still kind of crossing my fingers that eventually it'll be at somewhere like Anaheim Convention Center. 
yeah, to be honest, yeah, or like or some, LA Convention or Center, like LA Convention Center, or something like roughly close where I could just like, you know, carpool with you, or you know, Uber down there if it's in Anaheim or something, or mm-hmm. Lyft there, or you know, drive you know only like forty minutes to get there, which would be nice. I mean, that was yeah, kind of yeah. the nice thing about Long Beach too, is like it was very local or whatever. To me, it was about you know fifty minutes away or so, so it was very easy for me to like just go. And, right. you know, with this, it's like with San Diego, for me, it's about two hours away, let's say. Um, and so for me, it's just like I just oh, man, San Diego was rough because I went there for one day as well. And that was rough yeah. being on my feet, walking around the whole day and then driving back that same night. I don't know how so, you managed it. That's like crazy. That was my like five hours were, of driving. My day. feet were actually killing me by the end. And by the end of the party, I was just like sitting on like the grass of like the stadium. It was rough, dude. Like, honestly, it was yeah. rough. And especially, no, and especially like this year, like if I had done it this year, like you can't bring a backpack. So that would be even like more, like more Ooh, rough, right? Because like I was carrying right. water at least, like I was carrying like a uh, battery pack, like all this stuff or whatever uh-huh. to not be able to carry that stuff around would have been like super rough, but it was, it was, it was tough, man. Like, yeah. I won't lie. It was tough. Cause like I got there when about an hour before the convention opened to pick up my pass, got my pass, got there. And then, uh, was there pretty much until like the part the party ended on Saturday, which is about one, and then I had to drive uh, my buddy home, Blake, who's Oof. been uh, who's been on this podcast before, Oof. or whatever. Oh man! And pass out and then wake up the next day to do something. So, um, I will say, you know, I'm actually pretty excited for TwitchCon because, uh, and I kind of wanted to talk to you about this. This is actually kind of the reason why we I wanted to get on this topic of TwitchCon. IRL mm-hmm. streaming at TwitchCon, baby. Dude, so yes. honestly, I'm not an IRL stream watcher, but this is probably the one time that I'm, you know, I love watching IRL streams and it makes it so that I don't miss TwitchCon at all, to be mm-hmm. honest, because you get so many perspectives. Shoutouts to everyone who's probably going to be IRL streaming. I'm going to just drop a bunch of names for everyone who's listening to the podcast or whatever. So sorry if any streamers listen to this podcast. I don't know why you would <laughs> and know this, but like shoutouts to like, for example, like Jake and Bake Live. It was really cool. Like last year, he got to interact with a bunch of people. Um, we had um, uh, we had like uh, I believe Miss Kiff and S Fan streamed IRL. We had like XQC, Greek God X, uh, all of offline TV like Disguised Toast, Pokimane, Fed, Lily. Like they were literally brought their they had a backpack and they were like they got it personally mm-hmm. from Gunrun. And so like Fed would do two hours, then like he would give it to Toast and host Toast, and like they would just two hours, two hours. Like that whole crew did IRL streams as well. Uh, one of my IRL friends, Cooking for Noobs, I believe she did a two hour um, IRL stream around oh, the cool. area and focused more on like she's part of like creative so she focused more on like the art gallery and the art alleyway and stuff like that there's so many people who streamed like soda poppin nmp lol yeah, yeah. andy milanakis destiny hassan's gonna be irl streaming uh hassan piker like all these people are irl streaming it was so cool just to like <laughs> literally i was watching like three streams at once and getting like the whole perspective yeah. of the venue got all the interactions like nim streaming it was great i, I love yeah. that so that's probably the best part of twitchcon right. for me the content doesn't and, stop. The content enhances, which is what I yeah, love yeah. about Twitch. And not only that, because like it's not just the, the individual streaming, but it's the crossovers. It's people yeah. from other streams coming together onto one stream that you normally wouldn't see, yeah. and them doing stuff together at like this the spectacle spectacle of an event. Like it's it's right. amazing to see. It's actually kind of crazy. So you watch this one stream, and there's just like just amazing like amount of content creators and, and personalities and all these 
um, sense of humor is jiving really, really well together. Right. They're bouncing back and forth. It's just really great to see that. I think like, uh, what is it? Like TwitchCon Berlin. I don't know if you watched a lot of those live IRL streams mm-hmm. uh, during then, but like, you know, we I watched a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of yeah, like yeah. seeing and taking in everything or whatever. Um, so that was really cool. So I'm actually really excited for the IRL streams or whatever. Um, yeah. From what I understand, Unlimited IRL and gun run are both going to be renting out backpacks um uh in i think like two to three hour blocks and so mm-hmm. partners were able to get an email partnered streamers were got, given an email i believe irl streamers were given priority first and are given their own exclusive backpacks which is really nice of them because they will not be able to bring in their own backpacks obviously so um i believe people like jake and bake and cj ride and other streamers i'm not 100 percent sure on this so this will probably be corrected in an email if i'm wrong they will be given their own ex- uh, exclusive backpacks there at the convention so they can stream as much and as long as they want on the convention floor and then a lot of the other streamers are going to be given backpacks for like two to three hours um which is pretty cool it's also pretty exciting because i think a lot of streamers who normally don't irl stream will probably irl stream as well so that will be pretty unique yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, I'm going to have to catch up on a lot of stuff after the con. Yeah, I mean, literally what I'm going to do is I'm just going to pull clips from LSF and like other like Reddits, as well as like my, uh, my own clips that I give, and I'm just going to put them in a Word document. And when you come back, like honestly, when you come back, like, don't look at, try not to look at LSF, try not to look at, I want you to like try to not look at LSF, <laughs> try not to see like any clips. If you can, obviously like friends mm-hmm. share IRL, like check it out. But like, and then we'll just go through them, dude. Oh, it's going to take all night. It's not going to take all night, and you have time. No, come on. Like I'm just saying, like there's going to be so much content that it's oh, going to take gonna all night. It's going to be so good. You got to catch up, dude. Uh, that's the, you know what I mean. You got your you had your IRL content. Now I get my my content sharing it with you. It's pretty <laughs> sick. Uh, it's going to be good though. It's going to be good. Oh yeah, like I'm actually what I've been doing is I've been rewatching vods from last uh, Twitch uh, from TwitchCon Berlin and a couple other uh, Twitch cons uh, as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially since uh, some of the streamers that I watch now, I didn't watch in the past, so it's been cool to kind of like watch those streams and like seeing how people like interact and stuff like that for sure. And there's also yeah. some been like some rising stars, I guess you could say, in the last like few months that you know this is like their first TwitchCon, mm-hmm. so that would be pretty cool to see as well. Yeah, that's really that's a really good point. Like all these new rising stars coming to this convention for the first time as like a content creator and meeting and, people for the first time and being captured on stream is pretty cool yeah totally like it's gonna be it's gonna be wild i love seeing that like you know that first experience like mm-hmm. how are they reacting as someone who you know p- uh, people recognize and they come up to and uh you know people ask for a picture and stuff like that like that has to be yeah. a completely new experience for these people yeah, uh, I don't know if you saw, but like Sushi Dragon kind of uh, tested it out at his, at E3. But his IRL backpack, which I'm, I think he said he's able to get in. He got permission from staff, like written consent. Looks insane. Like it has still all the voice effects. It has like three cameras, and he's gonna have, I think, his girlfriend or his friend, one of his friends, like holding the wireless camera as well that he can switch to on the fly. And it still has wait. like face masks. I cannot wait for that rig. Like, I, like, I believe he's like literally using like five hotspots in like two modified laptops with like extended batteries. Like he's not even using like a traditional like IRL backpack because he can't. So I it love looks, it. It looks like it's gonna be insane. So it's gonna be really Dude, good. He's such a mad scientist. I love what he does because yeah. I have no idea how he does it, and yeah. it's absolutely amazing to me every time I watch it.
for sure. So I mean, TwitchCon IRL streams are gonna be so they're gonna be so good. I'm so excited. We're watching them when you yes. get back. Did oh, you take the man. day off after TwitchCon or no? I did. Yeah. Okay, good. So that's what we're doing that day. <laughs> just like sending, like getting in a call and talking about it, and it will be <clears throat> the day of recording as well oh, <clears throat> for this right, podcast. Yeah. So <clears throat> a lot of uh, you know, a lot of uh. I guess like news on that front or whatever. We'll see like what they actually do. If you guys wanted to and haven't, you should check out our last podcast where we talked about TwitchCon and kind of like what was going on, like what we thought was going to go on and stuff like that with that as well, because we had like a lot of good predictions or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I don't know, maybe some of them will come to fruition. <laughs> maybe. 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 Um, but um, <laughs> I guess just like, uh, I just like, I just kind of wanted to like I retweeted and like liked a couple of tweets that I thought were like pretty interesting to me um, and I kind of like about TwitchCon and just like about that and I guess like I wanted to just kind of like go over them like super super briefly or whatever and um, then we can kind of move on to like whatever topics or end or whatever <clears throat> depending on how long it takes to get through these but uh, um, first one kind of unrelated to TwitchCon but Anjuna, Anjuna Deep which is a record company that I listen to they do a, uh, an hour or two hour long remix called group therapy um and they live stream their music we actually have consent on this channel to play their music which is really nice not get copyright striked by them as well uh, nice. they're a pretty big record label uh they are actually going to be doing a live stream event uh, uh at twitch headquarters on october 4th at 5 p.m it's gonna be at twitch headquarters with a live audience uh, i just mm. thought that was really interesting they're doing a show called open air san francisco which is like a big rave and uh dj thing that happens mm -hmm. over there but they're going to be doing like a live performance over at twitch.tv slash in juno on october 4th at 5 p.m live from the twitch headquarters so in san francisco cool. so i thought that was pretty cool i just want to kind of throw that out there um a couple other tweets that i kind of retweeted and like talked about or whatever um is um there is a form like i said it was tweeted out by a person named rank none they said twitch partners interested in renting an IRL bag at twitchcon this coming weekend fill this out we'd love to chat about future ideas in sd as well there's a link to that um in your show notes and stuff but it basically makes it so that you can have an IRL backpack it's limited well, once I, once again partners only you follow your email your twitch user your account manager slash twitch contact and your twitter account for dm communications with e via uh rank none or bash lol and then you tell them what mode of the backpack you want it to have. Do you want it to be the one that has a mm -hmm. selfie stick or do you want it to have the mounted POV camera? Um, the times they're giving these out are pretty much in like three hour chunks <laughs> from what it looks like. But it looks mm -hmm. like there'll be multiple backpacks for the same chunk. So it's like day one, fr basically Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They have 10 a.m. to 1, 1 to 4 5 to 8, and then 8 30 to midnight. And then that's mm. an, that's considered an overnight block. So it's literally all day. And then Saturday, 10 a.m., 1, 1 30. It's basically the same thing. So 10 a.m., 1, 1 5 to 8, 8 mm -hmm. to midnight. Uh, and obviously, you know, you can choose Friday, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. and still get, like, there's probably going to be like nine or 10 backpacks, they said. So that's pretty cool. Um, so there's going to yeah. be a lot yeah. of content or whatever when it comes to streaming or whatever. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. Like, so. I, I just know that having one of these backpacks is vital because can you imagine 100,000 people in the downtown area trying to access wire, <clears throat> like cell phone towers yeah. at that point? <clears throat> no one's going to be able to stream on yeah. their phone. I mean, so yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I also kind of said, I kind of also mean this jokingly, but somewhat serious as well. And this is a thing that partners were complaining, complaining about last year. But if you guys are really small stream, please do not stream at TwitchCon. <laughs> People are complaining <laughs> about this all the time. But there were so many streams. I'm not even kidding you. Hundreds, maybe thousands of streams in the special events section last year from mm -hmm. people on cell phones from like affiliate yes. streamers who are like 720 1080p quality hotspot me streaming on my phone at twitchcon or whatever and it's like no one was watching the stream and i just thought that was really right. funny but it's kind of true like i don't know you know what i mean yeah. I, I get it i i wouldn't but you know that's just me right right i get it but like at the same time you're also hogging up bandwidth that yeah. other people could be using for like you know actual useful things yeah it was kind of funny it was kind of funny um another uh, another uh tweet that came out from actually a streamer which i think i don't know we can kind of reiterate this again and complain about this because i like to complain about things but Alexia Ray on Twitter actually this morning kind of said, when the heck are there going to be bigger, better benefits for tier two and tier three subs? I still feel that one extra email is just underwhelming. Dude, we've totally been complaining about this for at least two years. <laughs> um, you I called feel, it. You well, called yeah. it. I, I, I honestly agree with this. Um, I still kind of uh, I'm on this sentiment that Twitch kind of throws things at a dartboard. They throw ideas out, and a lot of them have been really, really good. Don't get me wrong. But if they don't stick mm -hmm. and monetize fast enough, they just kind of, like, leave them to the wayside or whatever. Right. Um, right. I, I, I think, like, going – I kind of rewatched the VOD from when this was announced, actually, this morning. And one of the things that, like, Emmett Shear said was, like, there's a lot of people out there that will sub to, like, one streamer with, like, 10 accounts to support them or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I feel like almost – they never really wanted there to be quote unquote extra benefits for being a tier three sub, right? Or a tier two mm -hmm. sub that much. I think they just wanted to be like, hey, we just can circumvent this. And you guys can just sub on one account. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or two accounts now instead of like 20 or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's kind of what it was too. Um, I think what they, yeah, you know. I think they were trying to do was like solve an issue that they were seeing because. Um, I think this is a kind of a minor issue, but you know, every time that you make a credit card transaction, the credit card um, interchange takes a fee. Right. So, and that's like usually like a set fee. It's not actually like a percentage. Right. So every time you make a transaction, you actually rack up a lot more charges than if you did one single charge. Big charge, yeah. So um, I think they actually did that tier twos and threes just to like save money on those fees. And yeah, I think for sure. that it's that was what they're really trying to solve for. They weren't really trying to do anything that was like, you know, um, a benefit for tier three subs. It would be nice to have, but I don't know if they're, you know, trying to solve any kind of issues by um, giving people those benefits. I'm saying, man, chat, like the streamer can choose a different font for people who are tier two <laughs> or tier three subs. And I, the thing is, here's my thing is I don't even necessarily think that they should go with like extra emote slots or animated gifts or something like that to incentivize people to pay more or whatever yeah. i i'm kind of in the ball camp like the ballpark of like if you want to support your streamer and do a tier two or tier three sub do it because you have the money not because you'll get some extra little added benefit like this is the only way to get an animated gift sub or this is the mm -hmm. only way to do this really cool unique thing i think those things should be available to everyone personally but I mm -hmm. do think that, like, they should do something still. I'm still, like, I know people don't like it, but, like, some type of, like, font change where you have a unique font if you're a Tier 2 or Tier 3 sub. Yeah. Or something like, a, I'm honestly saying, like, another chat badge. Like, just another little tacked-on chat badge. Like, most people 
You know what I mean? They don't they only have they don't mod or anything like that. So they literally they're not partnered. So literally all they have is like their Amazon Prime sub bat like badge, mm -hmm. which who cares? A chat bat, like a cheer badge and a sub badge, and that's it. Replace the Amazon yeah. Prime badge with like something that's like two or three. That kind of stands them out because sure. you know, I think like even if they were like, Oh, tier threes get animated gifts or tier twos get animated gifts cool but they would still have to spam that for them to be recognized as like a tier two or tier three sub they can't just like chat or say stuff sure. because i i'm like i used to be tier two tier three subs in chats like i didn't want to just like spam the tier three just because i could that's stupid you know what i mean mm -hmm. like that's kind of lame you know what i mean like i want, kind of just wanted to chat and so people didn't know i was like a tier two or tier three sub unless i used the emo and then it's kind of like weird flex but okay mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it draws kind of unwanted attention or something, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. You know, sometimes I imagine like the worst thing they could they could do is they have a separate like section of um what do they call them? The um chat rooms. I'm, I'm blanking. No, no, it's the um the badges that show uh, uh, uh how long you've been sub for. What is the sub tenure? That's oh, it. Oh yeah. Um what can you imagine if they had like a whole um line of sub tenure um, um badges for tier three like all the way from like one month all the way up to like eight year i mean yeah they could also do something like that i, I don't think they would ever do something like that though because that would just be what? weird like your badge like your once again it's like your badge devolves or whatever and it shows that like you're not supporting anymore i don't know i'd rather just be a separate badge yeah i think it'd be a separate badge i think that idea would probably be one of the worst ones that they could do but having yeah something to you know that just feels crappy apart. like there's a reason why people like they'll sub and then they they unsub and then like i've had this happen where like i've subbed and then i can't sub again and i unsub and then like for me i don't think the streamers think this but for me personally like the, like i'm just like oh crap i don't really want to talk because then they'll know that like i'm not subbed anymore and i can't i'm not supporting them you know what i mean or like something mm -hmm. weird like that you know what i mean Whereas at least yeah. like with a downgrade or whatever, like uh, you have a separate badge and then it's gone or something like that. That kind of makes sense and that's kind of already okay mm -hmm. because people are used to that because of the gift badges, right? You, the only way to keep those gift badges is if they keep gifting. They go away mm -hmm. if you don't gift again that month, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There was one suggestion that I think um, would be really cool is um, having your name glow. That's something that you you um, see from people who use. Um, Better Twitch TV. I think uh, emote right. approvers and people that work um, for Better Twitch TV, they can do that yeah. for their own names. Or like a unique um, font or something. Yeah. 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 Having a glowing name is actually like really, really cool if you ever see it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's something that really, really stands out. I think it would be a great addition. Yeah. I, I think that like that just needs to be something that goes for that or whatever. I don't know, man. We've kind of talked about TwitchCon, like what we kind of expected like last episode. So I don't want to get like super <laughs> into it or whatever. But I just yeah, yeah. feel like there has to be something. Something. I mean, something, anything. Please just give us something. Yeah, please just, like, honestly, like, give us something. Um, anyway, kind of moving away from Twitch and kind of something that I've just been, like, wanting to chat about or whatever for, like, a little bit that's kind of, like, totally off topic. So this is going to be, like, a really weird transition to pe transition for, like, a lot of us or whatever. But, um, dude. Okay. <sighs> I don't understand where phone design is coming from. This is actually something that's kind of like annoyed me for a while, but like I kind of like I've been looking at like the iPhone 11 and there was like controversy with like how bad the camera bump on it looks and stuff like that and like the design uh -huh. of the iPhone 11. And like I don't know if you've seen the leaked pictures of like the Pixel 4 or right? It's the Pixel 4, right? Uh yes. But four. like if you've seen the leaks of the Pixel 4, it looks really bad. It's pretty bad, yeah. Yeah. And then like on top of that, like the phone I use is like a OnePlus. 
and then like I've been looking at the they like like OnePlus didn't just like OnePlus like officially released their image of like what the new phone is gonna look like the OnePlus Seven T or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like the the CEO released it, so he's like, "This is what the new one's gonna look like." And that camera bump looks worse. Like it looks like <laughs> this weird black eye. Like I don't know. I'm pissed. I I I, <laughs> I don't get. I don't understand phone makers nowadays, man. Is it because they're running out of ideas, or is it bec- like what? Like what's the what's the problem here? Like we have these ugly you know, phone things. The headphone jacks are gone. We have like. I don't know. Our phones are getting smaller and less battery life, and phones are just getting more expensive too. I think that's the thing that's pissing me off lately. It's just every. It's just getting like in the last like three, four years, phones have gotten extremely expensive out of nowhere. We're like a yeah, thousand dollar phone is not uncommon anymore, unfortunately. I don't get it. Like, okay, so I'm noticing a trend with all of these phones that they all have like three lenses and stuff, and that came about because of like this new generation. They they said, oh yeah, this will. Uh, create a better image quality for your camera and stuff like that. Right, and everybody's kind of jumping on that bandwagon of, uh, you know, bringing whatever product they have to market as fast as they can. And it usually ends up being yeah. that, like, you know, they don't have any time to, des- you know, design something that looks decent. Yeah, like, um, I'm actually pissed off because I thought the Pixel 2, like, I was kind of envious about that. Like, it was, like, one lens. And it was like, oh, yeah. this is really cool. I hope other phone makers do this. And then they decide, nope, we're not doing this. We're just going to go with this <laughs> crappy thing. Like, at the same time, it's, like, the same thing with, like, the notch. Like, okay, yeah. like, why, why why, do we have this notch? And then it's like, oh, nope, this is going to be yeah. a thing again. Like, this is, like, yeah. a notch is a thing or whatever. Like, my phone has it. A lot of other phones have it, unfortunately. And people like uh, started thinking that you know it was like a design decision, you know that you know people uh, put a notch on there for for right. its looks or whatever. I mean, it's supposed to have a function. It's supposed to be because because like you can't hide a camera behind a screen. Right. That's why the, that's why the notch exists. Right. I don't know, man. But yeah, no, I like, totally I totally agree because it's all just uninspired design. It's all just kind of like ugly. You can't wait to cover it up with a case um it's not even that you can't even cover it up with the case it's just there it's like this big <laughs> it's like this block it's like this unsightly thing like i actually really like what samsung did with theirs where it's like the little hole punch mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's cool like i think that works yeah. it's fine it kind of like bleeds into the screen but then it still has like a really ugly camera bump yeah Dude, you if know? you want to see if you want to see an ugly camera check out the uh the red camera so I mean, I know what that looks like. Yeah, it, it looks like pretty. They look really bad. Yeah, like it was um, this company that originally designs um, movie cameras mm-hmm. and decided, oh, let's create a cell phone and make it like modular. And right. you look at this thing, and it looks like HAL nine thousand. Yeah, the thing looks hideous. It looks like it's I don't know. It looks it, like you know um, what it reminds me of it. it you know what it reminds me of is it reminds me of like remember those like old school like flip minnows do you remember those cameras yes like every yeah, vlogger yeah. like used those or whatever back in the day or whatever like that's <laughs> what it reminds me of because like the red the little like red button or whatever mm-hmm. or whatever like at least on the front like if you remember looking at these things or whatever like i used to have one and it, they were so bad yeah dude like it this thing looks like gaudy it looks like um a cheesy sci-fi prop that you know, it's like a, a card that you stick in a giant mainframe or something like that. Are flip cameras even still? Do flip video even exist anywhere? Let's see. No, they were discontinued in 2011. Ooh, that was a while ago. Yeah, I remember I wanted one of those things too. I had one of those when I used to like quote unquote vlog. Like I had a, a vlog channel that's now privatized, but I actually had one. Mm-hmm. I won it from like a contest from like a YouTuber. 
<laughs> nice. back in the day but yeah man i don't know man it's yeah uh, i think yeah. i think you know i think people are always trying to design something new every single generation when the previous generation's design is fine there's nothing wrong with it like you know having the camera in the top left corner just make it really small or just put a second one next to it whatever mm-hmm it's always they feel like there's a need to design a new camera every single generation or a new design a new look right and it's not necessary you know you don't have to go out of the way and it feels like they're struggling for different ways of doing the same thing right right um when you know you can just upgrade the internals and whatever i don't i don't really understand it um so here i guess here's my my last uh my last question for you or whatever um you know what okay so you know september uh september 27th right mm-hmm. which is what day which is friday right? friday you, do you know what release is on friday no okay because most people haven't don't the samsung galaxy fold is coming out on friday i thought that was out no remember so what happened was the phones were breaking <laughs> it was supposed <laughs> to come out a couple of months ago and because they had no Q, uh, like actual real-world QA testing, if you uh-huh. didn't know what was happening was the phone was coming out, and it had a thin layer of plastic on it that people were saying looked like a screen protector. And people were hmm. peeling that off. But what it was was actually a protective coating because when the phone shuts, it's with magnets. And that was preventing uh-huh. the, the screens from cracking. So people, reviewers, are actually peeling that off and then closing the phone, it would instantly shatter the screens. And then also That's... that protective coating wasn't applied very well or something. And people are saying after like closing and opening it after like a couple of weeks, it was like wearing down as if a screen protector was peeling off and causing like That's... cracks and stuff like that. So they actually pulled the phone and now it's actually coming out and they made changes to it where it's apparently better and you can't remove the, the protection on it. But uh, it's coming out for $2,000 um, this Friday. Um, in the U.S. at least, I guess it's already Dude. it's already released in Korea, but I just like I don't. What's your take on this phone? Because I don't this... re- I don't really know, man. Like when it's so here's the thing: when it's closed, when it's in the closed mode, it can only mm-hmm. show one app at a time, and it basically is the size of an iPhone four. And then when mm-hmm. you open it, it becomes a seven inch kind of tablet type of device, but it's sure. meant to be opened. Like think of like an iPhone four, but with skinnier dimensions. Um, it looks so pretty weird. small and slim. It, like it looks like you can't even type on the keyboard. There's a keyboard that pops up, but like, what do you think of this? Like, is this the new thing? Is foldable? Is this like the new foldable thing, or is Samsung just way too early to market on this? I think they're way too early to market on this because, like, just looking at the design flaws in it, you can tell that there's issues. Like, I think from the very beginning, they've had they they're approaching this the wrong way. Just like having a screen protector that you can literally just pull off as the end user. Mm-hmm. Like that was just a bad idea to begin with. Like you shouldn't right. like that, that phone should not be closing in such a way that it requires that screen protector at all. Right. Um, they even, apparently so, there's even a thing on the screen protector now that says, please touch the screen lightly. <laughs> <laughs> See, like, okay. So if, if that's the case, this if they have to like, in a real world situation, yeah. Yeah. if they have to tell people, like you cannot treat this like a phone. You have to treat this like a piece of jewelry. They've already failed in that design. Right. 
like that that's not how a phone should be treated because it it gets dropped you know right you you have to touch it you have to interact with it, you you have to play with it and stuff it's right a piece of hardware that you have to interact with daily and it needs to be built in a way that you know supports that you can't just like treat it gently um so the fact that it can break shatter scratch and all that so easily it's 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 not what it should be yeah um i think they were just too early in the market the idea is kind of cool because it creates like this sort of collapsible like space age star trek type you know communicator thing yeah um it's it makes a lot of sense because like you know you look at star trek you have these little tiny devices that you can fold out or pull out extend and have like a transparent screen or whatever like that and you can actually show more than um what like you know what surface area you have in the beginning right um so like the idea is cool makes sense it's just that the execution is really bad and the price is stupid yeah um two thousand dollars for this is just abhorrent like yeah why um it said here a number of other reviewers damaged the screen by mistakenly removing one of the clear laminate layers that covers it samsung advised that special protective layers that coats the screen must not be removed as doing so may cause the damage to the screen Concer concerns were raised that consumers may mistake it for pre-installed screen protector without proper advisories yeah see um, like people so, aren't gonna read these things yeah i just like you know so like my thing is like like I'm not a genius, obviously, right? So I c I can't think of this type of stuff, and it's like kind of one of the things that, like Elon Musk has said before, where it's like if you ask people back in the day, like what should come after like a horse-drawn carriage, people would just say, "Well, a faster horse." They wouldn't think of something like a car, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm not a genius in any way, but I'm kind of subscribed at this point to that. It's like if it's not broke, why f like don't fix it? Like I don't understand like what a Samsung Galaxy Fold can do for me. Compared mm -hmm. to like what my phone currently a OnePlus Six with a six-inch screen cannot do, you know what I mean? Yeah, cool, yeah. it can fold. It can fold out into a bigger screen. Why not just give me the bigger screen already? Why do I have to do these weird folding things? Right. Um, and then also yeah, just like I... things like with the case, how that's going to work. How is this going to work in a real-life situation, like in a car, for example? How am I going to mount yeah. this little small phone when it's like a four-inch screen, a three-and-a-half-inch mm -hmm. screen folded? Right. It's literally three mm -hmm. and a half inches. How am I going to use that to navigate on GPS or something, right? Is my phone holder going to be gigantic? Yeah. Am I going to have it in a tablet form when it's – I just – real-world scenario with this phone is going to be bad. Removing it in and out of pocket with keys, removing it in and out of pocket that has dust and sand or mm -hmm. whatever it might have. It's – I don't know, man. Yeah, and, and uh, I don't know if you remember um, what the ecosystem was like when the iPhone first came out. Um, we had, like, similar phones around that time. We had, like, the Palm Pre and, like, the Windows phones. And um, right. what was the other one? It wasn't like BlackBerry or whatever. It probably but, was BlackBerry. Um, yeah. Um, but like phones went from just like candy bars, flip phones, and then all of a sudden iPhone comes out. It was revolutionary. Yeah, but you it know, felt it, revolutionary. Like it didn't have like 52 mechanical buttons on it and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. Like, yeah, like I remember my dad had a BlackBerry for work and he had like a trackball. Mm -hmm. It stopped working after a while. Because mm -hmm. like it would get dust and stuff on it or whatever. He had like all right, these right. buttons on it. They some of them stopped working too. Yeah, right. It simplified the design right. and brought it down to its very essentials. Like what did you actually need? And somehow this device was able to make you or let you do more. Right. But now you have the Samsung Fold where it actually overcomplicates things, but it doesn't necessarily give you more things to do.
Right. Um, so that's a design like faux pas right there. So the next iteration really needs to be something that actually increases your ability to do something without adding more complexity or too much complexity to it. And also in a package that is less prone to failure. Because like if you look at the Blackberry design, you have the physical keyboard. Oh, I think Pixel died on us. Uh-oh, Monk S. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, there you go. Keep going. Uh, Keep going. Uh, You're good. Uh-oh. You're good. Okay. That was so, weird. Okay. Talk, talking about like how things can fail. Uh, Blackberries. Each individual key right. on the keyboard can fail. So you can have like one key that's broken and stuff right. like that. But like when you have the iPhone, you have an entire touch screen. Sure, it can fail, but it's that one thing that can fail. You can replace a screen. You don't have like a single key on the keyboard that can fail. Right. You have fewer points of failure. And it lets you just create much more. It opens the, the, the space because you have that touch screen to do a lot more than you think you would. Right. So I think that's what needs to be the next big thing. This iteration with the Fold, it's going to be a really niche thing. It's going to be a really just like kind of weird offshoot test experiment. But it really needs to let people be able to do more. Yeah, like I just don't see revolutionary from this. Like I remember, like when the iPhone was like announced, it was like pretty hype. Like I still remember that keynote mm-hmm. with Steve Jobs or whatever, where he's like, "We're announcing like a web revolutionary new version of Safari. We're introducing like a multi-touch uh, iPod, and we're re- introducing like a phone." And then everyone started like cheering for the phone. It's like these are the three announcements we're going to announce today. And then he was mm-hmm. like, "A web browser, a new iPod, a phone." And he just kept saying that for like 30 seconds, like a web browser, like a phone and a new iPod. He's like, are you getting it yet? It's one device. Like it's not three separate things. And we're calling it iPhone. It was like so hype. You know what I mean? Wow, this is crazy. Like they're going to do this. And with this fold, it's just like, I don't know. It's like I have to do more work to do the same things. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) oh, I get a text message. Can't really answer it on this 3.5 inch display. Got to open it up. Launch the app or whatever. And also, we're not yeah, using was, stock Android. We're using Samsung OS. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's just so yeah, cute, yeah. man. Yeah, if you remember, like, back then, um, we didn't really have, like, good data networks. Um, if you open up a web browser and, like, a Palm Pilot or whatever, it was bad. <laughs> it was, like, the it mobile, was... like, the m.myspace.com or whatever. Oh, it was, like, the man, gift versions of them, yeah. Horrendous. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, the iPhone actually pushed wireless providers to create better networks and... You know, because it was there yeah. was such a huge demand for data now. Yeah, that was like, one of the things that, like, if you watch the old keynote for the iPhone, when they went to, like, when he opened up the Safari, he's like, look, full, like, web page, like, beautiful web pages or whatever. He's like, yeah. it's not the mobile versions. This is, like, the full what you'll see, like, on your desktop. If you go to Apple.com, you'll see this as well. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, as, you know, like, you know, on your desktop, if you go to Apple.com and stuff like that. Like, it was pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you look at phones nowadays. It's a combination of so many different things. It's it's a computer in your pocket. Um, right. So, like, if you look at the next generation, what else can we just cram in there? Because if if you look at the hardware inside, the past few generations haven't really changed much because we're reaching the point where you can you don't really get much more out of putting more processing power or more RAM in a phone. Right. You, I mean, chipsets are getting smaller, it. but I mean that's really it, right? Yeah, like we're kind of reaching a sort of plateau when it comes to hardware specs. Oh, definitely. Um, and like 
the the future improvements come from like ways of interacting with it mm-hmm. or the way it receives data that kind of thing mm-hmm. so like what else can we just kind of like put in there that um can be a part of our lives that we don't normally have like it can get rid of it's starting to get rid of wallets that's one thing um another thing you could be getting rid of like your house keys or your car keys um like things that you normally just carry in your pocket you can actually just get rid of eventually and have it all be on the phone yeah Um, it can be like your driver's license it can be uh your insurance cards like it could be so many different things yeah, I think the big push right now, and I honestly can maybe see it, like, I know there's been, like, some pretty big leaps and bounds in, like, mobile photography, but I think that's the next thing they're trying to do. Like, yeah. a lot of people were complaining, but it is kind of the case. Like, people were saying, like, the iPhone 11, like, spec thing, like, the iPhone 11, um, like, keynote was really just, like, about cameras, but it's, like, really, that's all they can do. And there's some pretty crazy yes. cameras in the new iPhone 11 where people are actually justifying, like, Android fans are actually justifying getting an iPhone 11. Because the cameras I'm, are just that good. Um, you know, I haven't seen any kind of, like, um, samples from it yet. But speaking as, like, a photographer, like, I, I still have a DSLR, and I will swear by it. Um, so I'm very skeptical about what the iPhone can actually do because there's, there's physics involved in, in photography, then, and there's, like, an actual limit to what kind of image quality you can get. Oh, yeah, of course. Out of a, out of a mobile phone sensor. Right. Um, so unless they're doing some sort of wizardry that I'm not familiar with, that I I don't think it'll ever really approach a DSLR in terms of quality. I mean, I don't think currently, but I could probably see it in like the next like ten to twelve, like ten to fifteen years, honestly, or whatever. Where like you owning a DSLR is like you're like a ho- like you're it's more of like you're an old school hobbyist or something. You know what I mean? Like honestly, <laughs> like I could see that. Unfortunately, you know what I mean? Like I could see the technology getting pushed to that where it could potentially happen like who knows right yeah here here's the thing like i think having a, a camera on a phone is amazing because mm-hmm. the best camera is the one that you have right not like the one that you could possibly carry with you all the time it's the one in your pocket it's right. the one that you're actually going to use um so i think in 10 10 12 years it'll get pretty good but i think it's going to be coming from software and not necessarily like the oh, yeah. Um, the the image sensor the lens because the 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 sensor only has so much space Mm -hmm. and light particles and waves are you know they have a physical size right and they can only capture so much um so there actually is a limit to what they can do um maybe that's what those three lenses are doing there's like a, a sensor under each one right and so they're actually physically capturing three times the amount of you know particles light data See, so yeah. this is the thing. I was reading this, and this was like in 2006. So I don't have the article anymore, but apparently there was a company in Japan that ha- was starting to create like phone sensors that would be able to like like in mobile phones that could fully capture like 100% of the particles as a DSLR. And that company, I believe, is still around, like still doing that. But they said they're like somewhat close. Like they're probably still like five years or six years off or whatever. And mm-hmm. their like technology is like pretty under pretty tight tight lip. <laughs> And stuff like that but apparently like hmm. they said that it's getting closer like i don't know how close that means like if we're still like five years out 10 years out 20 years out or whatever yeah but I, yeah. yeah i what i mean though is like i think in the i think like i don't need, i don't want to say now because i'm not a photography expert but i almost want to say like for the majority of people that i know like 
I would almost consider you like a hobbyist or like a professional when it comes to cameras because most people are just satisfied with like their phone and like what they have on them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like mobile phones just being able to like pull it out, hit hit a button, not really care about like like even my phone, like I can adjust the mm-hmm. ISOs and all this stuff and I don't yeah. really do it. I just kinda of pull out my phone, like I take a picture and it's like, eh, whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? I think in like t- yeah. fifteen, twenty years we're gonna see like the removal, like way less sales of like DSLR cameras, but I still think they'll be around, and I think they can still coexist. Yeah. Obviously, just like radio and TV can exist, or TV in the in Netflix can exist, or whatever, right? Yeah, no, totally. I think that's totally what's going to happen. I think the majority of people are going to have phone cameras, and that's totally cool because, yeah. like, you know, but I think they, that's like the next they're push still... they're trying to do. It seems very apparent to like what the trends are with these ugly backs on phone cameras. That like yes. really the one thing they're pushing is like cameras. They're not really pushing like electronic wallets or anything like that because that that yeah. goes into breach of like privacy and data, which in America we very much like for whatever reason. Right, right. Yeah, no, it's totally I think it's totally true. I think there's gonna be like a wave of like DSLR attachments mm-hmm. that are coming for like phones where you can just like clip on a lens at the end or something like that. Yeah. And I've actually seen those before. They're actually kind of cool. Yeah. But like this is this is going to be like my weapon of choice for a really long time. Right, just of course, like, yeah. I feel like this thing is going to get me like what I want. I'm such a stickler for quality that I will, um, I I look at what comes out of my camera and I, all I see is, I wish it could be better. I, I wish it could be my DSLR. You know, right? Yeah. I wish I could could have captured this moment with something, um, you know as high quality you, as possible. Are you allowed to bring cameras to TwitchCon, by the way? Are you allowed to bring that in? The camera? I'm pretty sure. I mean, I don't, I don't think they allow yeah. um, video camera, like full-on like I, shoulder-mounted I'm ones. just throwing that out there because I know last year they wouldn't allow my friends into uh, BlizzCon. I don't know if you had issues with it at BlizzCon, though. No. I, I went to BlizzCon last year, and I was carrying a smaller camera than this. Oh, but Maybe his was bigger. I don't know. But they were like weird about it last year. Yeah, like if it's a video camera, I think they. No, it was like a camera like you had for sure. Really, that's surprising. Yeah, and they were like, "You need a media pass for that because it's like too good of quality. We don't want you to like record stuff illegally through it or take pictures and like that's silly for promotion or whatever." Like I don't know. They were like, "You need a media pass for that." I hope TwitchCon isn't like that because it's literally about streaming and stuff. Yeah, you should actually look into that just in case. Like double check any information. On yeah, that that's a that's a good point. I mean. I because I know like one it. of my friends was like one of my friends went and he was a photography guy for cosplayers and he had to get a media pass and then my other friend went tried to get in with a camera that was similar to his maybe even the same model and they said no mm-hmm. you're not allowed in with this or whatever so I don't know just something you probably should look up or whatever afterwards yeah, but, yeah. Um, well, I'll look up the uh, prohibited stuff yeah but I mean you know yeah I, I do see a world where like DSLRs are just going to kind of fade to like uh, a hobbyist type of thing or whatever I kind of yeah. say the same with like I think the same kind of happened in this regards to like music like obviously like Spotify or even iTunes or wherever you download music from it obviously isn't like the highest quality or whatever but you still mm-hmm. have like those audio files that were like super hardcore yeah. about getting $800 headphones and you know not listening on Spotify and having like lo- you know looseless uh, you know like uh, formats for their audio and they right. only listen to that and they can really tell the difference but you know the majority of people are okay with like their cheap like airpods or earbuds that are 10 bucks mm-hmm. and listening to spotify music um and yeah, i can definitely yeah. see like the world of cameras are changing like that or at least like phones trying to push that to get to to get to that point because that's really the only thing realistically you can upgrade 
from like a technology standpoint beyond like phones though i i i really do think that the next two frontiers for technology in general will probably be one the home i think the home will eventually be way more automated than it is now in 10 to 15 years we'll see a lot of automation in general and mm -hmm. then i also uh, i also kind of agree but i'm kind of an elon musk fanboy but i kind of agree with his statement where he's like you know when i you know uh, it doesn't matter how much money I have when I step into my car. Or the reason why I invented Tesla is because when I stepped into my car, it always felt like I was going 40 years backwards in time to when my mm -hmm. mom and dad drove a car. You know, yeah. I mean, the, the interior of a car and the way a car drives uh, has been relatively the same since, you know, forever. And so I think those are the two kind of like peaks of technology that people are going to deal with is like how to monetize that and kind of create new tech for that. Because we're either at our homes or in our cars all the time, at least in the yeah. States. Yeah, I, I I totally agree. I think you'd probably say uh, the same about a lot of office equipment too, like printers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. printers, scanners, um, stuff like that. How about like audio equipment too? Like it's 2019, and you know, hooking up uh, an audio setup is an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Um, yep. So there's that too. Like, but yeah, I totally agree with Elon Musk and um, and and stepping into a car because if you think about it, like the the internal combustion engine is like almost 200 years old. Yeah, and um, it's not like it's not like the best way to consume energy either, right? It's kind of like no, wasting a lot no. of energy as well. It it only captures like what one percent of what is actually produced, yeah, and the rest really is just bad. like it just it goes away. Like that's total such a total waste. Yeah. Um, when you could use that to power your car again, I mean, like yeah, so much literally a hundred times, <laughs> yeah, a hundred times over, yeah. Yeah, it's so I I I think it's really time that we get rid of that technology. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But uh, anyway, I think that's going to be it for this podcast. We actually went for like a pretty long time, uh, actually. Yeah, so, um, you know, thanks, guys, for hanging out. Pixel, we'll see you Monday uh, with a very long episode, mm -hmm. I feel like. Uh, you know, I'm I think so I, 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 wonder, I wonder if we should just do a mini. No, like, this is going to be on Monday when you get back, so we can't. Um, it, you know, Monday is going to be like Pixel Day. Uh, you know, we'll get pixels like uh, TwitchCon coverage. I hope you take <laughs> notes for this one because we're gonna need like a day one breakdown, a day two breakdown, a day three breakdown. Um, oh man, for, yeah. Uh, I think the way that we're gonna do it, guys, just FYI, this is how I'm kind of preliminarily doing it. Sorry if it changes by Monday, but I think what we'll we'll do is we'll immediately just jump into TwitchCon. It will be a TwitchCon episode. Um, we'll probably break down opening ceremony and kind of what was actually announced. And kind of give our take on that, which could already take like forty-five minutes to an hour. <laughs> I feel like that <laughs> could take a... a while if they announce something good. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it'll then, be a long episode. Yeah, and then from there, I think we break, uh, we break in, we break down um, just every day, day one, day two, day three. I mean, I'll have my day one stuff from like clips and mm -hmm. what I saw in streams, and then I think Pixel will have his like IRL like on the ground day one. Then we'll go to day two. Then we'll go to day three. And then just kind of end uh, it there. You know. I might even have like a day zero if something happens on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, there could also be day zero for me too if people are IRL streaming that. So uh, there's going to be a lot of content for me. Um, possibly what I might do, I'm not sure, is if any of the TwitchCon announcements are super, super good, I might just throw up like a really fast, like first impressions, like mini cast, just me. Maybe mm -hmm. that's cool uh, for no content. I'm yeah, just like, yeah. oh, this is what was announced. Like, I just kind of want to get this PSA out. We'll talk about more about it on Monday when Pixel's here. So we might do that as well. So stay tuned for that possibly on Friday morning as well. Mm -hmm. Right after the keynote. Yeah, right after the keynote or during the keynote. I, I actually, 
I think I you can. Know? Can you co-stream it? I'm not sure. We'll see. We'll figure it out later. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway, guys, thanks for hanging out, guys. Uh, hope that you have a great rest of your week or whatever. Pixel, stay safe at TwitchCon. Do. Hopefully everything goes well. We'll keep in touch, obviously, for sure. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> thanks, guys, for hanging out. And we'll catch you next stream Monday. It's going to be a doozy of an episode. Peace, guys. See you guys.